because our job is only to learn from the ones who are above us, the ones who are greater than us. It's incredible, incredibly appropriate that we're saying this today on Asura Bateves, the yard site of Rav Nosanzal. Rav Nosanzal is the one who really understood how important it is to have a Rebbe, how important it is to have somebody greater and to be able to receive from that person. And he searched so hard until he found the right, the right Rebbe. We find that in, in Yemei Maranat, in the autobiography that Rav Nassenzau wrote, in the beginning, he writes about how he started out, he was raised in a family, his father was a Talmud Chacham, and the whole house was a house, a Torah house. His father-in-law was one of the recognized leaders of the generation in Torah and Avodah Hashem. However, they were very anti-Hasidus. Rav Nosanzal said his father-in-law had a bad experience that he went to he went to investigate Hasidus and he went to one group and he saw that the Rebbe was a tzaddik, Repinchas Mikoritz, who was one of the greatest of the leaders of the Hasidus. But he heard his Talmidim speaking against Reb Michal Mizlachev. And then he went to see who this Reb Michal Mizlachev is and he saw that his Talmidim was speaking against Repinchas Mikoritz. So unfortunately, he drew the wrong conclusion. And he said, you know what? They're both right. All of this stuff is no good, this Hasidus. We should stay far away from it. And he used to lecture his family on a daily basis, his sons and his sons, sons-in-law, <clears throat> how important it is to stay away from Hasidim, to stay away from Hasidus, despite the fact that he was a great tzaddik. Rav Nassim writes, that when he was 16 years old, three years after he got married, he had a chavrusa who was a chassid, who came from a chassidish background. And they argued the whole time about chassidus, non-chassidus, chassidus, until Rav Nassim says his chavrusa convinced him that, that the chassidim, that the chassidim, especially when it comes to mitzvahs that are related to the heart, the chassidim have the advantage. There's more lave there. There's more, there's more warmth. And Rav Nassau compared it. He said that in, during his time, they knew there was a food called a knish. And a knish is a very delicious type of food that's made from a delicious dough that's baked with potatoes inside of it. And the potatoes have salt and pepper and other spices. And when this knish comes out of the oven, it's wow. It's something very, very delicious. But but what happens is when you can't finish all of it, you put it in the refrigerator or the freezer, you know, for the next, next time you're going to use it. A person takes a cold knish out of the refrigerator and takes a bite out of it. It's almost tasteless. And you wonder, I don't understand the same same exact ingredients, but it's lacking the warmth, the passion, the fire, the heart. It's lacking the heart. And Rav Nosanzal felt this. Rav Nosanzal told a story of the Rav Ben Yochid about a rabbi. Rav Nosanzal calls him Rav. So we know this person was a real authentic rabbi. And he had an only child after not having children for a while. And he loved him very much. And he gave his son the opportunity after he got married to sit and learn, to learn and daven. No worries about Parnassa, nothing. And the son did this, 
but he felt something's missing, something's missing. And he didn't know what it was. What could be missing? The Torah is everything. Torah and tefillah is everything. What am I lacking? And he spoke to some of his friends. Rabbi Nezal says he spoke to B'nai Hanaurim, some of his young friends, and they advised him, you have to go to this tzaddik and he will help you. They didn't say go to eight tzaddik. They said go to this tzaddik and he will help you. He is if he realizes that he cannot help himself. He can. He's trying. He's learning and davening really well, and it's not working. It's not working. The Gemara says that a person who's learning Torah properly, the Gemara gives a whole list. The Gemara says that from heaven they reveal secrets, secrets to him, and he has humility and and Yiras Hashem, and he's beloved by everybody, and he loves everybody. The Mishnah Perkiyovis gives a whole series of what the results are supposed to be when a person's learning Torah properly, learning Torah Lishma. And he saw that what it says in that Mishnah is not, doesn't apply to him. So I'm, I'm doing something wrong. I'm missing something. What am I missing? They told him, you're missing the tzaddik. That's this tzaddik. So he wants to go to the tzaddik and his father, his father says, what are you talking about? We come from a more reputable family than him. We have bigger yichus than him. And you're a bigger lambdan than him. You're smarter than him. Why would you want to go to him? It would be, it's an insult to our family for you to go to him. And the father tries every which way to dissuade him. And the, 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 the father says, just go back to learning. And he tries again. And it's a beautiful story in Sipurim Isis. I believe it's the eighth story in Sipurim Isis. But in the end, the father succeeds in blocking his son from getting to the tzaddik. The son dies. And then the son comes to the father in a dream, <clears throat> very angry. And the father says, what are, you, what are you angry about? And he says, go to the tzaddik, you'll find out what I'm angry about. The father wakes up and he says, dreams are nothing. Goes back to sleep, has the dream again and a third time. And he realizes this is not nothing. That the, the, the father wakes up and he travels to the tzaddik, and in the end, the tzaddik says, I'm just giving you some of the story, because I'm leaving out a lot of details. That in the end, the, 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 the tzaddik screams, Chaval al diavden. Woe is for the terrible, terrible loss. Because this son was the Mo'er HaKoton, and the tzaddik was the Mo'er HaGodon. And it's known in Sfarim that in every generation, just like when Hashem created the world, He created the sun and the moon, so too in every generation, there's a sun and a moon. There's a tzaddik who is Moer HaGodol, and there's a tzaddik who is Moer HaKoton. It's known that during the time of the Baal Shem Tov, the Oyer HaChaim HaKodesh, Rabbi Chaim Ben Atar, who originally lived in Chutz Laretz and then moved to Eretz Yisrael, he was known to be the Moer HaGodol by those who knew, and the Baal Shem Tov was the Moer HaKoton. And this was one of the main reasons why the Baal Shem Tov tried so hard to get to Eretz Yisrael. It was to meet up with the Orachayim HaKadosh. Because he knew if these two get together, they can bring the Geula. They can bring the complete Geula. In the end, they weren't successful. The Baal Shem Tov made several, several tries to get to Eretz Yisrael. He wasn't successful. So the Rav, in the story there, the Rav is told... Had your, your son was the Moer HaKoton and the Tzaddik was the Moer HaGodol. If they would have get, gotten together, Moshiach would have come. 
And now it's lost, it's finished. And that's how the story ends. That's how the story ends. My Rebbe, Rabbi Michal Dorfmizich, who was to live in Uman and to learn from the tzaddikim there, the older breast of Hasidim, said that, that that's what happened there. But we know that there was another Moer Hakoton. There was a Moer Hakoton called Rab Nosenzal, who also, whose father was also a Rav. His father-in-law was a big Rav. And, and the Sotan tried every way in the world possible to prevent Rav Nosenzal from getting to the Tzaddik. First from getting to, into Hasidus at all, and then from getting to Rav Nosenzal. It's brought that a year before Rav Nosenzal met Rav Nosenzal, he was so broken by the fact that he felt something big is missing in his life and he doesn't know what it is, that one Moitzoy Shabbos, one Saturday night, he was together with the students of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak at that time. They were having Malav Malka, And they told him to go buy bagels, to go buy bread. And he goes out and he's thinking, what's going to be with me? What's going to be with my life? And, and he gets so down that he goes into a shul. He goes into the women's section of shul. Nobody's there at the time. It's Moitzoy Shabbos after, after Shabbos is over. And he starts saying to Hillen, pouring out his heart, putting everything he has into it. And he says the first 50 chapters of Tehillim, and then he collapses. He literally collapses on the floor, totally exhausted, wiped out, and he has a dream. And in the dream, he sees a ladder, a tall, tall ladder. And he sees, he starts trying to climb up the ladder, and he, he makes some progress, and he falls. Falling off a ladder hurts. He picks himself up, he gets back up, starts climbing again, gets higher up on the ladder and falls again. And it hurts more. And it happens to him a third time, trying to get up and he's getting close to the top and he falls. And this time he can't pick himself up. And a young man comes to, comes over to him and says to him, hang in there, keep trying. You're going to hold on. You're going to get to where you need to get to. And Rav Zal said that a year later, when he met Rav Zal, he recognized that was the young man that he saw in the dream. And when he met Rav Zal, that's when he saw he got everything he needed. He got what was lacking, what was missing, the fire, the heart. Rav Zal writes in a chapter in Likudim Ran that the Jewish people have Chachma and Lahavdol the Goyim have Chachma. So what's the difference? Rabbi Nezal says the difference is our chachma is with lave. Their chachma is without lave. They are heartless. We know we had an experience in our generation, the Holocaust, where we saw the chachamim, supposedly the smartest scientists in the world, Germany, Yamach Shemam, who make Mercedes Benz, who make the best machine. Everybody knows if you buy, if it's made in Germany, it's a different league of quality because they're their smart people are the smartest. Look what these smart, I would, can't use the word people, look what, they, look what their Chachma was able to do to come up with a, a means of, of murdering, murdering six million Jews, Rahman al-Islam, and bringing about a world war where tens of millions of people were killed, slaughtered. This is where, they, where their Chachma took them. And, and when the Chachma is with lay, and, and the, the Sforim write, there's a pasuk in Yeshaya Hanavi where the Navi says to the Jewish people that 
that bisfosov chibduni velibom rochimimeni. With their lips, they show respect to me. They speak tefillah, they speak words of Torah, but their heart isn't in it. There's no heart. And the Navi says, because of that, Hashem says, Hineni Yosef lahafli haflavathela. I'm going to smash them in a major, major way. And Rashi says, what is hafli vafela? Rashi says, kisui me'al kisui, a covering on top of a covering. This is referring to our generation. The Torah says that we are living in a time of v'anoichi hastir, astir esponai. There's, Hashem is going to be covered and the covering is going to be, the fact that Hashem is covered is going to be covered from us. People aren't, what do you mean Hashem is covered? What are you talking about? We have places where there's a shul on every block and a mikvah on every block and sfarim. We have everything. We're so, we, we must be a hundred times bigger than, than Rashi, than the Tanoim and Amoiroim. And, and we see that we're not. If a person looks honestly, if a person is honest, we see that we're not, so, so what's missing? What's missing is the heart. What's missing is the, the bisfos of chibduni. That, and, and it says there that, and, that their avoida becomes mitzvahs anoshim melumada. That it's people doing what they were taught to do. Like a parrot. You can teach a parrot to speak. And, a parrot, and it sounds almost like a human being. So you have parrots speaking words of Torah, speaking words of tefillah, but there's no heart. The heart isn't in it. Recently, I was talking to two friends, one that lives in Eretz Yisrael, one that lives in America, and both live in areas where they don't have a breast of shul next to them. So I asked, where do you daven? So one of them said he davens in the main shul in the city, main shul in the city, and he says, but I, but I, I don't enjoy it. He says there's a small minion that has about 20 people. The Breslov minion, which is fought by about 20 people. The big minion has about two, 300 people. The small minion has more life to it than the big minion with the 200 people. There's no, it's like a refrigerator. It's like a freezer, being in a freezer. It's a cold knish. This is what Rav Zal felt. This is what he felt. This is what he understood was missing. And this is what he received when he entered into the Olam HaChasidus. And the pinnacle was when he got to Rabbein Azam. And, and a person needs an incredible zechia to be able to know that something's missing. My Rebbe Rav Rosenfeld told the story of how he came to be a Breslover Chassid. And he said he grew up in a house. His father was a, a descendant of Reb Aranzal, one of the most important students of Rabbi Nazal, of Rabbi Nachman. And his father on Shabbos would read something from Likud Imran, but there wasn't heavy, heavy Breslov influence that was, that was active. He was learning in yeshiva. He went away from the house maybe six o'clock in the morning to go daven in yeshiva, came home eight o'clock at night, you know, learning a whole day, basically. And he said he was learning well. He enjoyed learning Gemara, Halacha, everything he was learning. But one day he said he was at home and he started thinking about his life and he felt something's missing. Something, I don't feel a connection to Hashem. The, the Torah, the, the Zorokov says, the Torah and Hashem and the Jewish people are one. I feel a connection to Torah. I don't feel a connection. I don't feel ruchnius. I don't feel spirituality. And he, he, he knew that spirituality is something more than halacha. 
We know that the Arizal says that the word halacha makes up the first letters of the words horiu Lashem kol ha'oretz. Let the whole world praise Hashem. But the word Kabbalah makes up the first letters of Hishtachavu Lashem Bahadras Kodesh. We bow to Hashem in his holy sanctuary. So the Arizal says there's two levels. There's regular, there's regular, Horiu Lashem Kol Ha'oretz. That's halacha. That's for every, everybody. But there's another level, a completely different level of connecting to Hashem, which is Hishtachavu Lashem Bahadras Kodesh which is Kabbalah, which is the Yisoyed, the foundation for Hasidus. All of the Sifrei Hasidus are built on the Yisoydos of the Sifrei Kabbalah, of the Arizal's writings and those teachings. So he said he decided to search. Where is he going to search? He said he'll start in Breslov. His father is a Breslover. So he had the Sefer Hishtaphus Hanefesh, Outpouring of the Soul, which is a, a sefer that gathers together all of the Torah about the topic of tefillah and hispoididus that's found throughout Rabbi Nezal's writings and Rabbi Nezal's writings, plus some additional items from the Gemara, from the Midrash, from the Zohar Kodesh, beautiful things that are in this sefer, hishtabchus hanefesh, outpouring of the soul. And he said he started reading it, and he got to a certain story where this story changed his life completely, completely, completely. What was the story? The story is Rabbeinazal one day, a summer day in Ukraine, Rabbeinazal davened Nates early, finished davening, had coffee, and then told his daughter to go bring one of his students. She, 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 she calls him, he comes, and he says, let's go for a walk. And they go out of the city, and they they go to a mountain, and Rabbeinazal seems to know exactly what this is. What this is, they find an opening in the mountain, like a cave, and Rabbeinazal goes inside with his student, and he takes out a sefer Sharet Sion, which is a sefer of Tfilos that were written by the Mikubolim. He takes out the sefer and he sits down on the ground and he starts saying the Tfilos and he starts crying. And he's crying and crying and crying for a long, long time. And the student is watching this. He's looking at this and he's in awe. I never saw anything like this. Such an intensity, such tefillah. When Rabbi Nezal finished, he said to the student, go take a look to see where the sun is holding. And they saw that the sun was starting to set, which means they could have been there five hours, seven hours, that Rabbi Nezal was was pouring out his heart and tefillah for that period of time. And Rav Rosenfeld said, this story changed his whole life. He doesn't explain how or why, but it seems to me he became aware that there's a different league of connecting to Hashem. You go into a shul, every, everybody, who doesn't die? Everybody davens. You're right. Everybody davens. There's another level completely of of people who feel that they're standing literally in the divine presence of Hashem when, they, when they're davening. And it's a cardiac experience. It's not, it's not only a verbal experience. It's a cardiac. The whole, the, their heart is in it completely. And it's a completely different level of MS, of truth. 
And this is what Rav Zal felt was missing from his life. And this is what he searched for. And this is what he found. And in all of his sparring, a person who learns Likute Alochais, or the lit, person who reads Likute Tfilais, or the other sparring of Rav Zal, this is what a person is getting. A person is getting a brain, a moyach, and a lathe, a combination. Like, like we say in Aleinu, V'yodato hayoim it's one thing for a person to know in their mind, academically, they know about the, the Torah, the mitzvah Hashem. It's a completely different thing to transfer that knowledge, to bring the knowledge into the heart, where the passion is, where the fire is, and, and to fight the fire of the Sitra Achra with a fire of Kedusha. There's a passage that says, Eish lefon of Telech, a fire goes before a person and burns away all of their opposition, all of their enemies. The word lefonov can mean before the person. The word lefonov could also mean into a person's face. Mm. That when a person is davening and a person puts intensity into it, into that tefillah and into that Torah, when they know the Torah is not just an academic thing, the Torah is a cardiac thing. This is supposed to change my heart completely from, from a lave however, and a heart of stone into a lave bosser, a heart of flesh, that my heart should be burning with, with fire, healthy fire of Kedusha, should be passionate about Hashem, about every mitzvah, about Shabbos is coming, that, that Shabbos is the joy of my life, and, and since it's tefillin, uh, lighting candles, a woman lighting candles, I wait a whole week for this deep, deep connection to Hashem, and put my whole heart into it. We should be to learn from the example of Rav Zal, from this, we have today Baruch Hashem Sforim, we have in Hebrew the Yemei Maranat, and the other Sforim that give us an insight to Rav Zal's life, and recently, several years ago, the Sefer Through Fire and Water came out. And in Hebrew, Ba'eshu Bamayim, which is a complete biography of Rab Zal's life, <coughs> put together from about seven or eight different Sfarim. By, by studying the life of Rab Zal, and especially learning his Sfarim and, and the Sfarim of Rabbeinazal, it's, it's one and the same. Rabbeinazal says in chapter one in Likut Imran, that the Rebbe is the sun, the student is the moon. Now we know, and we this is in the Gemara. The Gemara says, Pnei Moshe kepnei chama, pnei Yoshua kepnei levana. That Moshe Rabbeinu's light is compared to the sun, Yoshua to the moon. And the Gemara says, Imagine, look at the difference. You know how different the sun is from the moon? Billions of levels different <coughs> in size, in fire, in everything. So the, so it, it's a person would think if that's the case, then who needs this? How, how much could I possibly get from the student? The student is a nothing compared to the rabbi. But the, the, the levana, the word levana, it's brought, makes up the first letters of the opening words of the Sefer Yitzira, Lamed Beis Nesivus HaChachma. There are 32 paths of Chachma. The 30, 32 paths of Chachma are the Torah, which begins with the letter Beis and ends with the letter Lamed. 32 paths of Chachma, Chachma, Lamed. That's the sun. 
the, the, the words Lamed Beis, the first letters make up the word Levana. The moon is a carbon copy of the sun. It's not the same intensity. It's not the same voltage. But the entire light of the sun goes into and is reflected by the moon in a toned down way, in a way that we can appreciate it and we could we could relate to it. Rabbi Nezal says clearly in chapter 140 in Likut Imran, Rabbi Nezal writes there that we cannot understand the tzaddik. We have no grasp, Rabbi Nezal says, we have no tfisa in the tzaddik. The only way that we can really grasp the tzaddik and understand the tzaddik is through his students. The, the Pasuk, Rabbi Nezal brings the Pasuk, Biyad kol odom yachtoim, Lodas kol anshe ma'asehu. That the tzaddik is like a choysam. A choysam is a seal. A seal, usually, if you look at a seal, you can't read it. Why? Because it's upside down. It's upside down. <coughs> Rabbi Nezal says this teaches us that the tzaddik, who is called choysam, we can't read him. We can't understand him properly. The way that we can get to understand, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah tells us, he had to wear a mask. No corona, no shmorona. He had to wear a mask. Moshe Rabbeinu had to put a mask. Why? The light was too bright. The Jews could not look at Moshe Rabbeinu. Through Yehoshua, through, through Rav Nassim we get a good, clear understanding, accurate understanding of what, what Rabbeinazal means in Likut Imran, in Sipur Emaisius, in Sefer Amidos, in all the places. And this is why you find outside of Breslov, it used to be that there were people who, there were many people who were very much opposed to Rabbeinazal, to Breslov. Today there's less of that, generally, much less. But even those who respect Rabbeinazal, even those who are willing to have a Likut Imran in their home, or in their shul. And again, there still are shuls that don't allow a Likute Moran into the shul. But even those shuls that do, they say Rabbi Nachman could be he was a tzaddik. The troublemaker was Rabbi Nassim. He's the one who got it all wrong. He's the one who messed everything up. Making such a big deal about Rabbi Nachman. That, oh, tzaddik, there's other tzaddikim. There's other tzaddikim also. And, and this is where they, they miss out. And Ashreinu Matev Cholkeinu, that we're not missing out. That we're zochet to have a kvius. And Likutei Alochais, we're learning this Sefer, which gives us the clearest, most accurate picture of Moshe Rabbeinu, of Rabbeinazal, of the, the great, great Sadikin. We know that by, by the Arizal it's brought, that shortly before the Arizal passed away, he told all of his students, none of you have permission to teach what I taught you. Or to write down and, and write sforum out of what I, because none of you really understood it properly. Only him, only Reb Chaim Vital. He's the only one who understood it correctly, who has permission to teach it and to write it. And it's from the writings of Reb Chaim Vital, which were organized by his son, Reb Shmuel Vital, that we have the Kisferis al today. So we see that there is, a, we know from Rabbeinazal, Rabbeinazal, we had many students. We don't have any sforim. We have almost very, very little from all the other students. Where is it? The answer is there was one Rav Nassim, Rav Nassim Zal, who had such an incredible relationship with Rabbein Zal. He was so devoted and so loyal 
and, and made such mysterious nefesh, went through so much insults and, and obstacles, like in the story of the Rabbi Yochid, to get to Rabbi Nezal and to spend quality time with Rabbi Nezal. And he succeeded. He achieved the greatest degree of success that what we see today, just in Beit Shemesh alone, I believe there are approximately 40 breasts of shuls. And today, Rav Nosan Zal there might have been a thousand Sudas all over the world, all over Eretz Yisrael, all over the world. People making a Suda in honor of Rav Nosan Zal Yisrael. Today is Erev Shabbos. This is the esting today. And going into Shabbos fasting, the first food that we're going to taste is the, the Kiddush tonight which is an incredible, holy experience, going from the purity of fasting into the Kiddush of Shabbos. We should be zeichah that Rav Nassim Zal, Rabbein Zal, all the tzaddikim should defend us in, before Hashem. Their tefillah should be neskabel, we should be zeichah to the Geula Shleimah, B'mhei Rabbi Amenu, Amen v'Amen. Amen.